Ohio, are you on? I am. What about you in Wisconsin? Oh, I am. It's a beautiful, drippy, nasty, chilly Wisconsin summer morning. So <laughs> so typical. Yeah, it's very nice. And ready for a drippy, <laughs> nasty, super hot, humid day. So, yeah. That's yeah, but at least it's the, the drippiness is not really, really cold. We call that snow. So... <laughs> I suppose we call it regular life, but yeah, yeah, yeah you can call it that. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Well, welcome back to Geocaching Scripture. You may have noticed we've been off the air for a little while, um, and uh, you know I was uh, traveling abroad. We'll call it, we'll say that I don't know something like that. And uh, you may notice a new voice on here today. So uh, first of all, Geocaching Scripture. This is season four. Uh, geocaching is this geeky hobby where you go looking for little treasures in a place that might be familiar and it makes it into a little bit of a treasure hunt. Uh, never much in a geocache. The main part is the treasure hunting. And, and we're going to do that with scripture because there's just tiny treasures all over the big truth. And uh, we're going to look at those today and get to know those better. But first of all, I'm Josh. Um, I was in ministry, then I was uh, recovering from ministry, then I was back in ministry again. And uh, I'll be recovering from ministry my whole life, but I'll be in it at the same time. Um, so, uh, but there's a new voice, and his name is Rick. Hi, Rick. Hey, how are you? Mm. I'm still in ministry. You are. You are indeed. <laughs> Been in it for 40-some years. <laughs> it's so, amazing for a 40-year-old guy, huh? Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. Yep. All oh, those early preschool days. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So Rick, Rick is going to be our our new uh, other voice on the show, and uh, and I used to work for Rick, um, but that doesn't matter near as much as the fact that he's my brother and a very good friend of mine. And uh, he came to me recently and said, "I've been listening to that thing you used to do, and I like it." And I said, "Well, I need a co-host, and I like you." So. <laughs> And I was just shocked. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've. I mean, we, and a lot of people who work for me don't say, don't come up afterwards and say, "Hey, I like you." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you just made me spit coffee all over my computer. Hold on. Uh, yeah, I was kidding anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Rick, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, I am a uh, recovering uh, fundamentalist, apocalyptic, prophetic, studying cult member. How's that for a start? Hey, that's a great place to start. Any hobbies? <laughs> Any hobbies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting out of my cult. Um, okay. No, my yeah, I got quite a few hobbies. Um, I am. I love to do projects. Excellent. So I've remodeled my house. Actually, bought this house and gutted it and re and and uh, redid it. Had all kinds of different projects uh, that I've some have worked with people, some I've done on my own, and uh, looking forward to the next one. I'm hoping to build a house down in uh, North Carolina. That's, that's the rule now. <laughs> <laughs> well, my son and uh, his daughter bought 42 acres down there, and we went in a, on it with them, 
And so our goal is to have a a house down there that we can live down there part-time and, and then up here part-time with the grandkids. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and back, back to the cult thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought that might uh, be a, a catch. <laughs> Other than renovating houses, you also. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in a cult. I, uh, I grew up in um, a church that focused really focused on the Old Testament and thought we were the direct descendants from the original 12 apostles. Um, forgive me for these statements sounding arrogant because they really are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, uh, we, we adhered to uh, the Old Testament days of Leviticus, the, um, the Old Testament uh, eating practices of Leviticus, um, and... Uh, very little attention on Jesus. We focused mm. on the Passover because that's when he died, um, but not mm. a lot of focus on the resurrection or the Christmas because those were, you know, had pagan origins from our perspective. And right. And uh, but about uh, 1985, 86, Holy Spirit came knocking and said, uh, "Haven't given up on you guys." And uh, we call it when grace hit the fan. <laughs> and. Uh, um, it's been an incredible journey since then. Um, That's awesome. And I've been blessed to really travel around the world and teach true, good, incarnational Trinitarian theology, you know, mm -hmm. which is just simply focusing on who Jesus is, who we are in him, who the Father, Son, and Spirit are. And uh, it's been an incredible journey, and I don't anticipate it ever ending. I'll be learning until I have my homecoming. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Well, and so I used to work for Rick, and the um, the small but very stretchy denomination that we worked for is called Grace Communion International, uh, and used to be known by the name the Worldwide Church of God. Um, and then the uh, well, I always describe it. I say the the founder of the of Worldwide died. His inner circle started reading the Bible, and they said, "Oh no." <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, the funny thing is, he used to say, don't believe me, believe the Bible. And we did after he died. <laughs> so our, our first challenge was on the Trinity. Was uh, a mm -hmm. Monsignor from, uh, uh, I don't remember which denomination, but he wrote us. And uh, he was really mesmerized by our magazine at that time called The Plain Truth. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wrote and said, you know, you guys have some, uh, you have good insight, but you're wrong on the Trinity. Mm. And so uh, um, our president, Joseph Dukach, asked his son, Joe Jr., and his friend, Mike Fazell to study this. And uh, they did and came up, and they thought they were both going to be fired because they were going to tell him, Joe Sr., that we were wrong. Yeah. And uh, Joe Sr.'s first words were, wow, Grandpa was right. Because his mm. father had always told him, you guys are wrong on this one thing. Uh, and uh, it was kind of the start uh, wow. to a phenomenal transformation. Wow. And just when one pillar falls, they, it knocks down several other pillars. Right. And right. Uh, um, now we're members of the National Association of Evangelicals. Um, uh, our transformation has been written about by, in several books. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, it's kind of... It's kind of exciting to be a part of a church that's willing to admit they're wrong. 
mm. and to move forward. And uh, one mm -hmm. of the most telling things was when my daughter-in-law asked me, when I told her the story, she said, well, why did you stay? And I said, well, that's a good question because a lot of my friends didn't, and they've gone to different churches. Sure. But I said, I just really felt God wanted me to be part of the solution mm -hmm. because I'm a writer, and uh, um, I've, been, I've been writing for the denomination for many years. Um, most of my theological writing have, has occurred after the change because I didn't write. Mm -hmm. I was writing for a youth magazine prior to that, a teen magazine. But uh, so I've been part of the solution for the last... 35 years, I guess, and uh, I still write for the denomination for the next 18 months until I retire. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, um, I, I think, you know, if I ever, if I say to anyone, if you want to check out uh, what Worldwide was, look at a, uh, a cult watch book from the, like, late 80s, um, and they will have it in there listed with Mormonism and... Jehovah Witness and all these other things that are much more like extreme. Worldwide was never that radical, um, but uh, definitely had its own doctrinal issues and and all kinds of things. And it's been an amazing generation of healing um, mm. to come back around the gospel. Um, and uh, also, guys, if you want to go, if you want to meet some people who are just uh, amazed by grace still, where to some of us other born-agains, it gets to be like a little bit of a sleepy old news. Um, check out a GCI church. <laughs> they, are, they are really, really in love with it and really surprised by it. And, uh, and I had the privilege of, of starting my ministry career with GCI, and I'm always thankful for that. And I should say, Rick, that GCI wouldn't be anywhere near as healed up as it is without your ministry. Oh, well, personally. thank you. Yeah, and that's something, you know, and I know you know that's that's beyond you. That's only God's doing. But it has really been miraculous. So, well, let's uh, let's geocache. All right. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna hear a question from you, man. Tell me. So have you ever thought about how easy it would be to be replaced? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, people say like in, in your kids' lives, if, if they, if they don't have a dad, um, uh, they, they are damaged. It, it hurts them so badly. And, and sometimes I think, well, yeah, they could have a dad, but does it have to be me? Cause I'm really, <laughs> I'm really screwing this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there, it is. There's so many times we think, I mean, I think sometimes I thought how important I am. And then I realize I watch some friends of mine who are just pillars to me and they die. And I mean, you remember them, but mm -hmm. they're quickly replaced mm -hmm. and uh, teachers are replaced and people at work are replaced. And, and you think, you know, we really are just a little bubble here. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know. I think that I think I sometimes battle between the concept of, of being worthy to God and realizing that doesn't mean that I am irreplaceable to man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, true. yeah. But I, but you know, one of the things that really intrigues me, Josh, and I don't know if you've thought about that, but what if I told you, you could be replaced by a stone? <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would, I would say 
I would say there are days when my wife would appreciate that. I guess I guess that would, that would be my answer. <laughs> yeah, and in, and probably a smaller stone, so it could be kicked down the path. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kept in a box, taken out when needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'd like to think it's more of a rock. Yeah, I'm a rock in this household. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're more of a stone. <laughs> yeah, you find out you're a stone. <laughs> a clod, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I asked you that question because it was an intriguing thing. I was in Israel recently, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But um, the story is from the gospel when uh, Jesus is, is going down the, uh, the uh, procession into Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's on the road that leads from the top of the hill all the way down through the Mount of Olives into the city. He's on a donkey. People are laying their garments down, and they're shouting hosannas and praises to him. And the Pharisees say, hey, stop your disciples from doing this. I mean, who are you? And he said, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never heard a stone shout out. Have you? Um, not that I can think of. Um, I know stoners who have heard stones <laughs> shout out. But then yeah. that's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> that is. Yeah, and they some of those stoners do tend to do a lot of shouting. <laughs> <laughs> some of them. Some of them are very mellow. It depends on... Yeah, this <laughs> <yeah>. is true. <laughs> I, I would say that I have been... I have shouted out from a stone mm. if I've been hit by one <laughs> I I will give you that if I drop a stone on my sh- on my toe there is some shouting and uh yeah yeah you do hope it's not recorded but you know yeah <laughs> yes yes we don't allow those uh, types of uh, shouting to be on podcasts <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I just it was an intriguing. It's an intriguing scripture, Josh. Because mm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of stone stones. <laughs> I've heard a lot of stones. I just said I hadn't heard stones. I've heard a lot of sermons, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, right in the middle of the sermon, a well-meaning pastor will say, "Do you realize that you could be replaced by stones?" <laughs> now, how encouraging is that? <laughs> oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, nothing endears a pastor to his audience by saying, "Yeah, you know." You, you go on the parking lot, you look around and say, "Huh, which one am I?" <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I just feel like that's not what Jesus meant. Mm. And and uh, look, I I see Jesus as being very encouraging. Um, everything he did was encouraging, even when he chastised the. Uh, Pharisees, he was trying to get them to think, you know, to to go deeper in mm-hmm. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's like there's a lot of different um, definitions or explanations for why Jesus said this, and, and uh, some of them are are make sense. Um, one of them is that uh, he's just symbol symbolizing or making clear that all of creation cries out in worship. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, he's saying the stones or rocks will cry out more powerful. And, or, or let me rephrase that. He is saying that he is worthy of all praise, even nature. Right. 
Right. Yeah, but really uh, what he's yeah. saying is he's standing over graveyards and he's saying, if you don't shout out all the people before you will, because all of us are valuable and all of us have something to say. Wow. So he's actually looking at, at tombstones. <clears throat> yes. He's, the Mount of Olives has his tombstones. They've been there for more than 3,000 years. Mm. And so he mm -hmm. is standing right where there's tombstones of many of the forefathers. Probably quite a few. <laughs> quite a few. Yeah. You should see it now. And yeah. what's fascinating is all these grave sites have stones on them because people like to come and they toss a stone so it rests on one of their ancestors. Really? As a symbolism to that whole concept. Yeah, they're just covered with stones. Interesting. So, huh. But I mean, he, the whole point is, is that we've heard lots of stones. Peter's a rock. We've heard him. The prophets are sure. all stones. Uh, all the all the apostles are stones. Um, Moses is a stone. Many rocks cry out and witness from their grave, and maybe one day we will as well. You know. Amen. Amen. And I I think part of that too is, you know, that Jesus is looking back on the history. <clears throat> He's looking back on Israel and saying, you know, all of you. Um, your history is right here, and it's pointing toward me. It's screaming and yelling and praising me, and here I am right next to it. So he's, yeah, it is. I always pictured him, honestly, yeah, it was like a bunch of garden stones that I were like, are they going to sprout mouths and start singing? Yeah, um, exactly. And if well, you, it was really fascinating yeah. to stand there and have our guide <clears throat> ask us, do you realize where you're standing now, initially, we were standing in an area that overlooked all the gravestones. And uh, it is fascinating because um, <laughs> the different groups have claimed certain areas of land, like Muslims have taken the bottom of the hill because they want to be, they want to prevent the Jews from being the first to be resurrected and go into the holy city. Really? Okay. I didn't yeah. realize that was the strategic burial yeah. method. Oh, wow. Okay. It's it's really it's really fascinating, and uh, and 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 of course it's 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 quite uh, it's it's quite something to be have been buried there, mm. you know, at the Mount <laughs> of Olives because it has so much sure. symbolism and it overlooks yeah. the city. But we're standing there in a different area. We're away from the gravesite and we're on this hill, and and our guide says, "Do you realize that you don't see the gravestones here because they are three thousand years old, or or well, that would be up to five thousand years old now." Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, he said, but they're here. This is the this is where the people were buried. And so when Jesus is pointing this out, he is saying, you don't you you don't you can't stop people from praising me because the whole word, the whole testimony of the Old Testament, all the forefathers, all the prophets, all these people have talked about me. And like you said, nothing's going to prevent that from happening. Pax Humana. Cheers. Cheers.